I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. What's going on, Travis? How you doing, buddy? Well, you know, I don't I don't think this podcast partnership's working out, man. I think maybe I need to find a new partner for this. I don't know. Oh no, Travis, I can't do this without you. But All what right. are we going to do when we're just not working? Well, I don't know. If you've got a solution, let's hear about it. Because I rolled a thing today, and it was, what do you do with a group of characters that just doesn't work? That's right. So do you want me to unpack this one a little bit? So, yeah, I jumped right into that. So just what what does that mean? What do you do with a group of characters that just doesn't work? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Yeah, sure. So let me see if I can break this one down for you. Travis, Break you- it up, buddy. Break it up. I'll, I will break it up. I will break it up. I'll break it down. Show. That's right. We'll break it all over the place. Travis, you spent a lot of your your role playing life as a a game master, correct? As per, as the person running yeah. the game. Travis, did you ever have a group of characters that just the characters, not the players? I don't mean you had like conflict on a player level, okay? Uh, like where you know Timmy doesn't like Sally, and so they get in, a, in a, like an actual fight, and they're sniping at each other at the table. That's not what I mean. Okay. Have you ever had a group of characters that when you tried to put them together? into a game it just didn't work well i think i've had both both of the main kinds of this uh this issue happen okay yep. so i have had mechanically unsound groups of characters all right yep. <laughs> so yep. a group a group that's like you're playing like second edition D with three first and second level wizards and a thief sure um and it's a combat heavy game yep. <laughs> what do you do go right so I've had that. Um, I've had that before. And I've also had characters that that in character do not see eye to eye on a massive scale of some kind. OK. Mm-hmm. Or they simply have have social incompatibilities within the world they inhabit. Yep. yep. Um, that are that that cannot be um, at least easily overcome. Right. OK. I agree. Um I've had those two kinds of things. If we're talking about something that's not those kinds of things, then maybe I'm out of my out of my breath here. I don't know. Nope. I think you nailed exactly the two categories of these things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. That is that Travis, I couldn't have set you up perfect. You have set me up the bomb, as it were. Uh, so let's talk about the first one because I think that's the easier case. Mechanically unsound characters, right? Yes. So your your example could not have been better, right? Of like. Uh, a, a second edition D&D game or something like that mm-hmm. where you've got uh, three wizards and a, and a rogue or a thief, right? Low, low yeah. level, specifically. because Low level, specifically. Of course, yes. higher level wizards and, and thieves are pretty good. They can do stuff. But, like, sure. second level wizards in Dungeons & Dragons, like, those earlier editions, like, they could do two things and then they were done. Like, they were just done. They couldn't right. do anything else. They were they were poking a, a dagger and needing a 20 to hit, right? Absolutely. So, Nothing was happening, and thieves were kind of the same thing. Like they, they, they had very bad to hit rolls, and while they had a lot of usefulness outside of combat or whatever, like this group would just not work, right? It would just they would just they would fold to some kobolds, right? Oh sure. Um, stuff that any other party would roll over, right? Um, and and here's the thing, I think that's still often true even now in fifth edition, which is mm-hmm. is is more forgiving admittedly it's not it's not as it's not as tough okay like you can have 
But like if you're using standardized kind of encounters or stuff like that, let's say you're playing like a pre-gen adventure, which there are a lot of great pre-gen adventures now. Yeah. Uh, and you have some party like that. I mean, yeah, if you most... don't tailor those encounters, they're going to crumble. Exactly. Because they just they don't have the hit points, the AC, the, you know, the saves, the toughness or whatever to withstand it. They can't put out the damage in that no way. Healing, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. All that stuff. No healing. Yeah, exactly. No control. Like it's just it, there's there are bad situations. Yeah. Yep. So I, you know, when you get a situation like that, I think that and, and maybe I'll see if you agree with me on this. I think that is actually the easier situation to hand, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Because if you have characters where the party mix that they've decided to make is just way askew from sort of the game's expectations, mm -hmm. right, of, of what a standard party's capabilities are. Right. Most, most, most of these games are built, you know, were, or at least back in the day, they were built around, you know, tank heal support. Right. Whatever. And I think that's still largely true, right? They expect that your group has mm -hmm. sort of a mix of capabilities to be able to do, you know, this kind of standard stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so how do you fix it? How do you, how do you, how, how do you, how do you, what do you do with that group of characters? Sure. So for me, the answer is, is twofold. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one is I adjust the encounters. I, I take yeah. a strong hand, right? Fix your encounters. Yeah. You, yeah. You, just, you set it up so it's stuff that they can fight. Yep, just straight up fix the encounters and make them so it's it's not going to be immediately deadly to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. The second thing you do is you kind of build out over time some of the characters to be able to more easily handle that those individual roles mm -hmm. in a way through the gear you give them or the right. non you know the sort of unusual rewards and upgrades. Maybe one of the wizards who does seem a little more physically capable. You give them a cool sword that also grants proficiency or something like that, right? Or you you give them, like, uh, some bracers that allow them to buff up their AC to a level where they can take it. Or uh, a thing of right. false life that grants them some extra hit points. Or, you, know, you get what I mean, right? Like you, you give, you give, and then you give, like, you give the other guy a familiar that can do some stuff. That he can right. have to do stuff for him and whatever. Yep. And you give, you give the rogue special sneaky powers so that it's a little easier for him to fight or whatever. And, yep. you know, you, you fix it. You fix it through, you can mechanically fix it, right? Yeah, um, just very carefully over time, you start steering the ship, right? It's turning the Titanic. And, and then over time, most, most of... games are balanced so that they will gain experience eventually, or, or they will progress. Characters will progress in some fashion, right? Right. And they'll get to a point where they don't need that hand-holding anymore. And you might have given them something special to think about in after, after all that, though, because they'll be like, oh, my character had an awesome pet. You know, or my character yeah. had this awesome sword and I was a wizard, but I could fight with it and stuff. And it was so cool. Right. You know, they, they have something really cool and different to think, to, to think about and talk about later. Yeah, absolutely. Character I think, building moments, you know, a hundred percent. I think that situation is actually really cool because over time it feels a lot better to the PCs because they feel like they weren't just playing wizard number three, four, seven, eight, two, two, nine. Right. Instead, their wizard was very different because it acted in this very different way. Right. Because of how it was built up over time. Uh, so that's actually a really neat chance to explore different takes on those same concepts. Um, this is very much happening right now in the current game I'm playing where every character is a wizard. Right. Like, yeah, we are a group of all wizards.
We have no healers, no fighters, no nothing like that. It's literally all wizards. There is one sorcerer, which is just another name for a wizard. And that was purposeful. The GM is purposely doing that. So one, the GM has, you know, in, in especially in the early times, tailored encounters to be able so we didn't yes. all just die. But two, two of us, myself, wizards, have come forward as more fighter types, right? So we have rules and abilities and special things that have been granted that make us much more dangerous and effective in sort of melee combat, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas other wizards have gotten then abilities that make them more powerful or potent spellcasters through kind of the things you mentioned, either pets or summoning or tricks or whatever, right? And Could so everybody, yeah. yeah, everybody has grown into a very unique wizard. Even though we're all wizards, none of us feel like just stock wizard model 372, right? Which is cool. I think I think another 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 easy method to to deal with the situation is to um, you, you jump jump in. Uh, we recently talked about games without combat. Yep. And you can do that. Okay. You can sure. you can run games without combat for a while to let your characters gain gain some some knowledge and experience before you throw them into combat situations repeated repeatedly. Right. 100%. So you can have a enough combat interspersed to make it look like their char your characters could have had the chance to get better at fighting, but not so much as that it would just wreck the party because they, they're obviously so underprepared for this kind of thing. Right. Um, and then in between all of that is your meat, right? That's, that's where you do all of the role-playing, all of the problem-solving, and the conflict that isn't actually fighting, um, giving them more experience or progression so that once, once you do want to start fighting, your character, the characters are there, right? Yep. So that's no, another I, way. I think that's absolutely great. I, and I, I have all, I've also thought of a third issue, okay? No, no, another problem. Like, uh, out of the, the two that I mentioned at the beginning, okay. there's another one, okay? Another, I'm ready. another character incompatibility, okay? Another I'm ready. The characters that just don't work. Because I, I have run into this several times in my career, all right? Sure, sure. The, the Rifts conundrum, okay? All right. You, you, have, you have a Vagabond non-skilled, a Glitter Boy, and a Godling, right? Ah, uh, Sure. So this party is not compatible. It, it, it's simply not. If you get into a fight with these, with these characters, like there's such a disparity between, between the Glitter Boy and, and the Vagabond non-skilled that someone's not having fun. Right. Like any of the things that would even remotely threaten the Godling or the Glitter Boy or whatever will straight up atomize the Vagabond right. if, if it even comes near it, right? And Rips has such... So, so so much of an expanse of character possibilities that 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 actual rift between all of the characters can happen on different scales, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, like you could play the Lord Splinkrith, okay? You could be that guy. Yep. With with that group I just mentioned, so there's another hurdle. Yep. What do you think you can do to fix that? What would you do? So I first of all, uh, an interesting element of this is what you already mentioned, which is relying less on combat encounters. Relying less right? on combat. And and in a world like in a world like Rifts, where there's always a bigger fish, mm -hmm. right? Like no matter how scary or terrible you are as a PC, there are things scarier than you in that world, right? Always. Yep. Like you can be Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. But Thanos is out there. Right. Right. And you might be the Hulk and you might be super strong and scary, but Thanos with the uh, Infinity Power Stone is still going to curb stomp you. Like it's it's just not even a thing, right? He doesn't right. break a sweat. 
so the I, I think this is is manifold. One, you rely on combat less. Two, you rely on a very particular type of combat, wherein the combats have more than just the combat going on. Right. You have objectives. Yes. And so, you know, the Vagabond or the, the Wilderness Scout or the whatever, pick your low power curve skill monkey character, right? Rogue operator, doesn't matter. Or rogue scientist, sorry, operator, whatever. You know, that person has to do in most combats, right? Maybe you give them a robot to pilot, or maybe they need to go somewhere and defuse a bomb, or maybe they need to get some innocent people out of harm's way, or, 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 you get what I'm saying, right? There's so many different things. options, right? Yeah. While, meanwhile, the, uh, you know, your, your Thor and your Captain America or whatever, and your Iron Man, they've all got to go punch Thanos in the face, right? Because that's what they do. Yeah. Because that's what they do. And you can break up combats like that, I think, pretty effectively. So in games that allow this very wide power differential, mm-hmm. um, you can have that happen. This also actually came up for me a couple times in MechWarrior games Mech- that I ran, yeah. where not everybody wanted to be a Mech mm-hmm. pilot, yeah. right? That's a problem in a MechWarrior game. Sure. And, and so I solved this by, you know, one, reducing the amount of overall mech combats. Okay, so that was just, that was an easy solution. Like, because the people that were, that did want to be mech pilots, I still gave them enough, right? They had, they had some chances to go do mech fights. Yeah. It's not like they were, it's not like they were fight less. And then two, I made sure that when those mech fights happened, there was always other stuff going on on the ground. Like, because in a world like, of MechWarrior, there's always other things, communication arrays that need hacked, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a lot of a lot of it is, you you, you kind of have you kind of have to go with those kinds of situations in like the like with the Shadowrun method where these things are all happening, none of them are actually the same thing, but you need to take care of all of them with each each of your players in different ways. It's like you you you're while you're running through the net with your hacker and the drone guy is flying his drones around around the building looking for stuff, and the the samurai is going in the front door, knocking down some guards, while while the 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 mage is is like floating through the vent system and and like filling the room with gas and stuff like that. Like, there's all these different things happening that aren't literally the same thing. They aren't just like rolling combat rolls. Right. They're everybody's doing something different. Yep. Um It's still combat though. Like that's that's an encounter. So you have you have to look at it that way as opposed to just straight out punching. Right. I absolutely it's not like we shouldn't restrict the concept of being in a combat type encounter mm-hmm. to literally only shooting a gun or swinging a sword right and say that or that's if you the only do, thing just don't don't dwell on it for too long like you can give someone a moment like that you can give a gunslinger sure. his time to gunsling yep um but don't dwell on it so long that everyone else gets bored exactly like you can have a fight where you go okay you two are just not going to have anything to do for the next 30 minutes or an hour while we do this that's okay once in a while. Yep. <laughs> right? Everybody's going to have their moments in the sun. Everybody will have their times where they just kind of sit there quietly. And we're all adults and we can handle that. The spotlight moves around. You just don't want to make that a regular thing. If it's mm-hmm. happening on the reg that you're having two players that you're literally just forcing there or forcing to sit there and do nothing, that's not great. Right? That's going to be great. real bad for them. They're going to get bored. They're going to walk away from the game. And that's not what you want. So, yeah, I, I agree completely, right? The answer is is be uh, dynamic where you can in these combats. And then, so engage in those three tactics. Reduce, right, is, is the first one. Uh, 
change and keep them dynamic is the third. And sometimes just let people have the spotlight and be okay with it. Recycle, reduce, reuse, and close. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm with you on that. Okay, so the group of characters that that that's not working for me. Let's talk about the other thing. Okay, so uh, I think both of those both of those I think are eminently solvable. Yes, right? fixable, totally fixable. We've laid out the ways that you can do it. If you got questions more about that, uh, you can't contact us about that. Don't do that. <laughs> you, you can. There's an we email. We have no answers for you. Don't. Uh, but at any rate, the third one to me is the actual sticky wicket. <clears throat> this right. is the tough one. So this is where you have characters that because of whom they are or their position in the world or their attitude or the theme or what they're on about or their goals or the organizations they're a part of. I don't care. There's lots of examples, right? Mm -hmm. There is just a complete incompatibility in the team. It's difficult, right? right? Um, This is really tough. Yeah, this one's hard. This, this, this This could shatter your game table. Sure. You have one character... Who's let's let's give it let's give a very simple really kind of over the top example, but it'll still mm-hmm. it'll just to, it'll, just to drive a point home as opposed to reality. Sure. Yes, you have one character that's part of an order of necromancers, right? That is seeking yeah. to refine and perfect the art of necromancy. Doesn't mean they want to conquer the world. That's not what I'm saying, right? They're just they could be scientists. They could be benevolent, right? And just work with existing corpses, as it were, right? Maybe even people who donate their body to science willingly. Yeah. Okay? But they are obsessed with perfecting the art of necromancy, right? And then you have another character who is a cleric of a god that abhors undead in all of its many forms and seeks nothing but their destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the classic struggle, yeah. Right, sure. What do you do now, (laughs) right? One of these characters is going to have to violate their principles, the core tenets of their principles, to play in this game, right? And or Mm -hmm. be angry all the time and feel like they're getting the short shrift. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Pass. (laughs) (laughs) So let me me (laughs) offer you a... a, a oh, cheating no. suggestion. Sure. I'm going to cheat. You ready? Cheat. Stop this from happening in character. Three. Yeah, quit it. Just stop it. Right. You know, I, I, I feel you. All right. Okay, so you just you just say, no, this is not going to work. Think of something else. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. No. Yes. At, like, as, a, as a game master, you should be... You can see under- these things. Yeah, you should be collecting some basics and information about your characters when they mm-hmm. start, right? And... If people are going to have, like, it's okay to have some interesting inemnity, right? Uh, like, imagine that neither of those two characters I just mentioned were as zealous about it. Yes, right? and I have had many games that have had those two characters um, show up. Sure. So if the if the cleric doesn't have it as a complete unwavering tenant, that undead are, a, are an abomination that must be destroyed right and instead they just strongly dislike them right their god tends to frown upon this but they're not going to like lose their clerichood or anything like that and the necromancer has respect for the dead or something like that right and and uses and is more focused on the research and stuff like that right then okay great like that's cool you can then have some fun indemnity 
right? Where the two of them have kind of a push and Certainly pull. Certainly, an, an interesting enmity between enmity between two people um, can can actually make for a, a great component of the game. It's like it's like a it's old, it's tropey, but it's tropey for a reason. It's good. It's fun. Um, yeah. It's good. It's good to have characters that butt heads, but can eventually come together on some common terms. Um, it's always in, that. That's just interesting. It's always fun, um, and I, I would encourage such things honestly, um, which which means I would be more susceptible as a GM to not doing as you said and stopping it at the get go. I would see something like that, and I would think like I, I think well, hmm, that would be really fun to see in the game, right? Yeah, I like, absolutely. I want to see, see those two butt heads and see how they make it work. Um, so, which so which raises the point of you don't when you're when you're inter, when you're uh, when you're intervening in character mm. creation, it yeah. doesn't have to be saying no, you can't play the necromancer or no, you can't play that cleric. Instead, it can be, well, look, the, you two are both in the party. Like, have an open discussion. Go talk to the players and say, you two are both playing these characters. As you've written them, they're clearly going to be incompatible. Like, you will get in a fight. Go right. go into go into the game with the expectation that you're going to figure out how to how to play this game together. Correct. So either one of you soften your position or talk together. You know, figure out a way where you can make it work. I think early intervention, an ounce of prevention, prevention is worth a pound of cure here, mm. right? Because once it's off and rolling, and players have it in their mind that this is my character and you can't tell me to change. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very hard to unring that bell, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's like it's like telling an uppity actor um, to do something they don't think their character would ever do in the film. <laughs> you know, they, right? They, they're just going to walk off the set. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Everybody becomes uh, a method actor all of a sudden. Is is a sort of prima donna often with these kinds of things, right? Have you ever had this uh, happen? What's that? Have I ever had this happen? Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh yes, absolutely. Has it, has it broken? Has it broken the game completely? I like have, have. Have you ever had a game break up completely because of it? Yep, I have. I've, I've had games come crashing down because <sighs> this this has happened. Where now? Here's what I'll say. Bre- well, break up the game is rough. Let me say it this way: I've had people literally send like just retire their own characters, just mm-hmm. get frustrated and retire their characters and come back with something that fit better. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a shame. Right, because they were excited about that character, and if I had intervened earlier and caught that this was going to happen, I could have I could have done something. But it was my fault as a GM for not noticing that we were going to have this incompatibility, and uh, and basically allowing this ticking time bomb right. to go off. Right. I, I think I think I think you're 100 percent right that prevention is probably the best way to go with this. Um, have have some kind of you know get out ahead of it, um, because. Fixing things later is so difficult. Um, people are set in their ways, like you said, and there's a there's a good chance that it's not going to get fixed, right? We right. both, I think, we both experienced it. Um, there's a good chance it won't be fixed, so try to prevent it before it happens. I think you're right, and I think that there's also the the real downside risk here, by the way, and it's it's a real one even amongst mature players, is that eventually, if this kind of indemnity goes on long enough it bleeds out of the characters into the players, right? Yes. Where, where, like, we all have a line separating our characters from ourselves. How bright and strong that line is varies person to person, right? And some people just don't 
separate that stuff very well. They might be a great role player. They might be a great person, but it's just hard for them to emotionally distance. And when their character is constantly getting attacked, not in a physical stabby stabby with a knife way, you know what I mean? Like attacked in the broad sense of the word. Yep. It becomes like it's they can withstand it a little while. Yeah. Yes, but it becomes real. Exactly. Yep. And that's really dangerous at that point. That's where you'll break up groups. That's that. Yeah. And it can it can certainly cause something that was a small crack to begin with to turn into a big fault line. Right. So 100 percent like like if you just if you just have a couple of players that aren't 100 percent compatible at being at the same table, you know, just slightly, you know, askew then uh, you can really cause a problem that way. So it's certainly, again, good to get out ahead of it, um, see it coming, and figure out a way to fix it. Yeah, I agree. Have we? Uh, so there's the three things and how we'd solve them. Prevention, prevention, prevention. There you prevention. go. Prevention, yeah. yeah. Prophylactic. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Put your so. DM condoms on and let's go. I um, think so that's, that's, that's what do you do with a group of characters that just doesn't work undesigned. Undesigned. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, as always, give us a rating or review over on iTunes. That really helps and is much appreciated. Uh, share this out. Uh, there's a lot of people hungry for content right now, so do share this with people. Recommend it. Uh, it's always great when that happens. But as always, we thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.